Do I need a life coach? You're listening to episode 85 with Rhiannon Bush. Welcome to the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast. We're here to discuss the ins and outs of the life coaching industry and give you tools to use to see for yourself. I'm your host, Rhiannon Bush, mother, management consultant, and a passionate, certified life coach. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back. There is this amazing event that happens early in Tassie uh, in Launceston in the beginning of February, and it's called Festivali. And it's this big showcase of Tassie food, Tassie wine, and they get really great acts in there to perform. So last night there was Ice House and um, Bachelor Girl, if anyone listening knows Bachelor Girl. Last year it was Shepherd, who I just adore. Uh, I think tonight actually Vanessa Amorosi is playing. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff that's going on and it's just awesome. So the town usually buzzes, everyone goes. It's just, it's a really great event and kids can go too. Um, It's just, it's awesome. And anyway, usually Damien and I will do like a date night on the Friday night and we get some really quality us time. And then on the Sunday we go back and do family day. One of the things I always love is when you get that many people together that you can observe just the differences and the diversity within people. And when you get everybody together, you can see a direct contrast because they're physically there together in front of you. So you get, you know, the younger girls who are wearing quite skimpy clothes and really, really cold, and they're just expressing and exploring who they are, which is a beautiful thing to see. And then you get people who really pay attention to how they look and they take a lot of time to curate their look and pull it all together and they're just immaculate. And then you get people that are dressed really funky and fun and just very authentically. And there is just such a massive um, range of ways that you can express yourself, whether that be with your style, your dress, your smell, like in terms of your perfumes that you choose or your aftershave or, you know, or nothing or there's just, there's so many ways. And I absolutely love that you can experiment with that at any time and you can wear things that make you feel awesome or you could wear things that make you feel a little uncomfortable and then just see how people interpret you differently when you start to explore different things like that. You know, it's taken me a really long time to understand what I like to wear and what I feel really good in. And, you know, sometimes I look at other people and think, oh, gosh, I'd like to look like that. And then I try it, but it doesn't feel like me. And sometimes that's a really good thing because I get to explore this entire different part of myself and I get to gauge how people respond to me differently because I might be holding myself differently. I might not be as comfortable and confident and therefore not as open. So I don't get that reception from other people, you know, you give out certain vibes and the vibe that you give out is often what you get back. So it's just really, really interesting. And last night, you know, Damien and I were philosophizing, philosophizing, whatever that word is. You know, we tend to, to ask big sweeping questions and just, you know, shoot the breeze with it. And one of the things he asked me was, you know, do you think when you can let go of what people think of you and you care less and less and less that you become more and more successful because you kind of narrow down the people that resonate with you when you're more in touch and you're more authentic and you're more comfortable with who you are and expressing that. And then those that don't like you don't like you, 
but then you really find people that do. And that question came because there was a chef that uh, came to Festivali who apparently is massive on YouTube but very rough. Like he's tatted up and he doesn't care and he swears and he's really like chuck this here and toss that there. I haven't seen it Um, or him, can't even tell you his name, sorry. But it just – the question came up was the more deeply authentic and comfortable you are with yourself, are you more successful? And I think my response was something along the lines of I'm not sure you'll be more successful but I think you'll be a lot happier a lot happier. You know, it's still very much, I believe, a hardwired thing in us that we want to be liked by others. We want to feel accepted and connected and we want to feel as though we belong while also feeling very special in that belonging. So it's a bit of a dichotomy, but it's also very, very true that we need to feel connected to, to feel like we're alive and surviving, but we also want to feel unique and valued very very hardwired human human needs that are never going to go away which everybody has yes we have different and varying degrees of those needs but we have those needs all the same and it was just a really great night and i love damien and my conversations around that and how we can just sort of ask those questions and and kind of debate it i guess and since last year i I feel like I've been able to start coming out of what I would call the baby haze. So I have a two and a half year old and a four and a half year old, Parker and Mila. They are absolutely divine and I'm not having any more children. I'm very much making that choice for myself and for my family. And with that has come a rainbow of emotions. I think I thought the majority of my life that I would have quite a large family and I think I've always wanted four children. But as my life continued on the path that it did, I met Damien at 29 and I wanted to have a relationship with him while we were, you know, young and footloose and fancy free and we enjoyed each other and enjoyed all the things that a new relationship and a young relationship is before life happens and trust happens and you have children and you go down the real adulting route. And so I didn't want to be any older having more children. So after my daughter was born, you know, she's my youngest, we had big decisions to make around did we want more children or not? And I can hand on heart say I'm still not 100% no, I don't want more children. It's an idea I often flirt with and I'll never forget being in the shower one morning thinking to myself, oh, I actually don't have to make this decision now. I'd given myself about 12 months after I'd had my daughter to go, yep, I want more and to do it or no, I don't want more children and then just get on with life, whichever way that I decided that that was going to be. And when I was in the shower that day and I had that thought of like, you know, I don't have to make this decision right now, today, it took this whole lot of pressure off me that it just didn't need to be there in the first place and it just allowed me to try and work it out in my own time. Fast forward another 18 months and I still haven't really landed on either side of that fence, but I'm definitely hanging off the no side. (laughs) You know, I find it very emotional when I think of how much older my children are getting and that time moves the way that it does, which is inevitable and a wonderful thing to experience. But there are moments I have that, you know, I find it really overwhelming and I just have to sit in that and I have to realize that it's okay. It's okay to feel however I feel about it and let the emotions move through in whatever the way they need to it or I just hang on to it and it's not healthy. So coming out of this baby haze where, you know, 
they're so reliant and I'm quite restricted, you know, in that baby phase, that really early, early years, you know, I missed the amount of reading that I used to do because you're so tired for anyone who has kids, you know, you know, you're really tired. You're pulled from pillar to post. You're doing the best you can. But I really missed reading and all the personal and professional development that I got from reading because I really do love reading books that help me find a different perspective or broaden my opinions or confirm opinions that I have. So last year, I treated myself to an Audible membership and it's been a game changer. For those who listen to my podcast fairly frequently, you'll know that I don't tend to multitask. I don't agree with it as a way of being productive and actually getting things done and ticked off to move on to the next. And that's when the outputs are really, really important or you have to be quite finicky or the quality of an output's important. So at work, I struggle to have music on. Like I actually don't want music on while I'm trying to focus and trying to work. And if it's music I love, I like cannot have it on because I sing and I get so distracted by it, I have to turn it off so I can focus. I also don't like half doing something and then doing something else. That's why meetings in my day just rile me because they just completely disrupt my ability to sit down, punch something out and then come back and, and yeah, finish it off. It just annoys me. So what I've realized though is when I'm doing tasks where there's no pressure on the outcome or the output, I should say, like cleaning or cooking or doing anything around the house, unless my kids are wanting to engage, which usually they're not if I'm cleaning, I can stick my headphones on and I can listen to something like an audiobook and I can do that at the same time. And it's just, huh, it's great. It is so, so good. So now when I'm cleaning or doing things around the house, I'm also listening to an audiobook or a podcast or something. And I'm just, I'm finding that that is really, really great when I don't have one output that I have to focus on and put a ton of focus into. It's great. So lately, I have been absolutely binging personal development stuff. So I've read The Buddha and the Badass by Vishen Lakhiani, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, Start by John Acuff, which I did that episode on, You Are the Guru by Gabby Bernstein, and I've just started The Courage to Be Disliked by Ichiro Kishimi and Fumitake Koga. I did study Japanese in high school and I hope that that hasn't been disrespectful. <laughs> uh, yes, Japanese names. It's, a, it's just an amazing book. And a lot of these books I mention and reference throughout podcast episodes, but the more I binge this kind of content, which I'm fascinated by, I love and makes me a really great coach, hundreds and hundreds of books worth now, I realize and feel as though it gets confirmed more strongly the more I read, is that you are you. You are unique. And there may be moments when you feel unoriginal, but there is a uniqueness about you. And that uniqueness is worth fighting for. That uniqueness is worth protecting and exploring. And if you want to start a business for whatever reason, then there's also the opportunity to capitalize on your uniqueness. The uniqueness that is you is what others in the world need to experience and crossing the paths of others may not be a coincidence. The people who cross your paths do so for a reason and whether it's for them to give you something that you may need or whether that's you being who you are that gives them something that they need, you know, I don't believe any of it is a coincidence or by chance. 
you know, people come into your life for reasons, seasons, and is that the, the expression? Yeah, I think so. And it's like, that is so true. People come, they give you something, and then they leave. Some people never leave. Some people should leave. But there is a uniqueness in you that is so special. And if you choose to hide that from the world or shun it or dim it because you're afraid or because you're uh, conscious of what other people think, whatever it might be, then not only do you miss out, but others do as well. And if we take that as true, that people come in in our lives for reasons and seasons and everyone that we have in our circle at any time is there to teach us something, then when you are not your true self because you're hiding behind a facade or, you know, as I said, diminishing yourself to appease others, then you either cross paths with the wrong people, people that don't have anything to teach you, but come into your circle because of the person that you're trying to be or you're pretending to be, and they may not be as valuable to you as somebody else might be when you are your authentic and unique and true you. And also the world misses out on what you're here uniquely to give, your destiny, your purpose, your gift. And the uniqueness that is you and everything that you were born to be is something that you can harness and you can do something with, but nobody can do that for you. There's people like myself that are here to help you identify that and harness that. That, for me, is the purpose of a life coach. That's why people get a life coach because they're not happy with what's going on and they've got this inner desire that's burning at them to try and do something bigger or better or different and they have no idea how to start that process or even begin identifying what that might be within themselves, within yourself. That's the exact role when I think about it that I have taken every single client I have ever worked with on, whether it's been for sales or career or, you know, just life coaching. It's the journey of them identifying what they truly want, why they're truly here, their deepest desires, actually getting in touch with that and then going, okay, now I can see with where I'm at, why I'm not happy and not fulfilled. So how do I do more of that that meets my desire and matches the purpose for which I was put here. I was born here, you know, and coming at it from that perspective, it's like by denying your uniqueness and by not choosing to be a true authentic version of yourself and not exploring who the authentic you is and appreciating that and protecting it, you deny not only yourself, but everybody else. I've heard it said by a lot of informal mentors and gurus that I listen to, Brooke Castillo, Gabby Bernstein, Tony Robbins. We are all worthy. We are all born worthy. We are worthy and nothing, no good or bad behavior, mistakes, past events, nothing can ever change your level of worthiness. And in this book, The Courage to Be Disliked, one of the things he said repeatedly is the past doesn't exist. And if you just sit with that for a minute, Just sit with it and really think about that and what that could mean for you. How refreshing is it? The past doesn't exist. Imagine being able to wipe your entire past right now. Just wipe it. It doesn't exist. How enlightening and hopeful and forgiving is that? If you could just erase your past and everything that's happened and that from this very minute, you are a brand new 
person and you have a brand new start, what could you do differently? Would you do anything differently? What opens up for you? I remember at the very start of my business, I began listening to Amy Porterfield. She's a digital marketer. And the main thing that I took from her at that time, because we all take things that we really need to hear at any time. If you listen, for instance, to a book and you're in one place and then you develop and you listen to it again five years later, you're going to get a different kind of value and you're going to hear different things in the same resource because you will hear it where you're at at that time. And that, sorry, tangent for a second, that comes back to why it's important to be your true authentic self because at any given time in your life, you will interact and you will come across certain people that are there for a purpose. It's not a coincidence. And so if we're to base that in truth, then if you're to be your authentic self, you're hearing things that you need to hear right now. People are coming into your life or they are in your life because of what you need right now. And you get to say, yes, you can stay or no, you don't need to stay. Off you go. And you get to curate your life in that way. But when you're not being your authentic self, you're going to miss out on all of that. So when we think about the past not existing, it's such a refreshing thought. But I remember listening to Amy Porterfield and the thing that resonated with me right at that time was that she said, I am here and I am taking up space. And she encouraged all of her listeners to do the same, to say, I am here and I'm taking up space because it lets you plant your flag. It lets you take space up and gives you permission to do so. And at that point, I was doing a lot of social media stuff. I was on Facebook and Instagram. I was doing videos. I was doing ads. I was, you know, and I felt like I was drowning in this sea of social media and all that it was and that I wasn't unique and I wasn't standing out and I wasn't worth taking up space. And I really felt that Amy's words were incredibly helpful and powerful. And I would always declare to myself, I'm here, I'm worthy, and I'm taking up space. So, you are who you are. Step one, find a level of acceptance of who you are. Learn to love who you are. And if the past doesn't exist, what could you do? How would you be? How do you choose to take up space? and have a meaningful, authentic, and impactful life from here. I'll see you next week. Hey, before you go, I always find reviews really helpful when looking for new information or insights. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a minute to write a quick review about what you found most beneficial so that other people can benefit from your insights and have a listen as well. I would love that. Also, if there are any topics you want me to cover specifically about life coaching or the life coaching industry, visit rhiannonbush.com to contact me. Thanks for joining and I'll see you in the next episode of the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast.